What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 135 of Frame Skip. I am Austin Eller, and I'm joined this week by the headset wearers. We've got two headset wearers here tonight, starting with George Mac Jones Loftus. Yeah, sounds good how's Mac, to me. How's Mac um, doing? You know, he had a great game one. A lot of uh, overcame a lot of adversity in the second half against a pretty staunch Eagles defense. They were in the Super Bowl earlier this year, so uh, it was a tough loss. But uh, it was a, it was a winnable game, and there was a lot to like about the Patriots in Week One. Less to like about the Patriots in Week Two against the pretty <laughs> defensively depleted Dolphins. Uh, it seemed like we were catching them at the at a great time, but uh, unfortunately, our offensive line was just offensive to look at. And um, I, I'm not without hope, but it's a pretty bleak 0-2 start for the Patriots this year. So, George, how do you feel about the fact that, and I, I'll be honest, I'm not super keen on the details. You probably know more than I am. But how do you feel about the fact that Disney Plus is going to animate a football game entirely in the Toy Story universe in real time? It really what? depends on who the on who the teams are. I got to be honest, <laughs> but I'm also like... Just pay your fucking writers, my guy. So like, just you can do this, but you can't pay staff writers to just like come up with so, shows on a semi-regular basis for you. Like, come on. I'm not super positive on how that's gonna work. I, I know I just read a little bit of the the detail, but basically, Seth, have you seen any of like the Nickelodeon football broadcasts that have been happening the past couple of years? Oh, no, my, those are those are oh, so funny. Dude. Okay, so this is a this is an interesting timeline we live in. There are select, and I don't know if they're doing it this season. The past couple seasons, they've done select football games on Nickelodeon, and that there's really not a whole lot different there. It's it's still the broadcast, but they've got like Nickelodeon effects overlapped on top of the broadcast. So they'll put like, like slime shooting slime. out when they get a touchdown <laughs> and like stuff what? like that. Yeah, look it up, dude. It's crazy. But then the new announcement is that Disney's going to be doing it, and I don't know if they've announced if it's going to be one game. Honestly, I probably should have looked this up beforehand before I went off on this tangent. But they're going to animate in real time, fully CGI, not just the broadcast, like a football game happening in the Toy Story universe as it is happening in real life. Okay, wait. So the football game is real. It is real. Yeah. Okay. But we're going to be like, it's, it's going to be like watching it from Andy's living room or something. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm looking at the details right now. Alright, so it's the Atlanta Falcons and Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow. <laughs> I just, I don't... Why did they choose that one? Because they're playing at Wembley in the UK. I just... And so I think, it, like, it's already, like, early in the morning because of, like, the time difference. So I wonder if they're just trying to think of ways to, like, incentive... Like, they're, what they're trying to do is, like, get the next generation of football fans, right? And so, like, they're trying to relate to them they're they're turning the chair around you know they're being like the cool teacher like hey guys we know you we know you think football's fine but we know you really love toy story what if we hodgepodge the two together this seems desperate to me pay your fucking writers just just pay your writers you don't have to spend money on this spend money on humans on people well, yeah the, i i agree but also this seems so weird because who is this appealing to like who are they it's for kids well, it, like it is here's it the, is trying to in, engender the next generation of nfl fans and i think you're right yes. but here's the thing like nobody's gonna watch that 
and like be able to watch more of football in this universe. Like it's just going to be that singular game. And then kids that find themselves yeah. interested in, in what's happening. I mean, they're going to have to watch real football, I guess. I don't know. I mean, like the only way to do this in real time is like AI, right? So like maybe this is just like a field test. Like if they can do it for one game, I don't see why they couldn't do it for other games. I don't well, no, think we're going to get like, like specialized like Desmond, Desmond Ritter aliens for this game, you know, because he's the quarterback <laughs> of the Falcons. I, I don't think we're getting that. It'd be like ostensibly like just a frame, right? Like, yeah, you're just masking like a, at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that, that's what I'm imagining. It'd be like a frame, and you're just. It just seems like a lesser way to watch. Oh no, this is not what I was expecting. No, they're they're like they're like completely animating like the actual characters yeah. and everything. It's like imagine if like a Madden NFL football game was happening and recreating everything that was happening in real time from real life, except you were watching it happening in Madden. It's it's the same concept, just it's Toy Story universe. Right. <laughs> On Monday Night Football last night, this really, really good... Actually, Austin, you might know him. His name's Nick Chubb. Yeah. He was a, a running back. At, running back, yeah. Yeah, he's an incredibly talented player. He broke his leg last night during the game Badly. in the most gruesome fashion I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, as bad as Alex Smith, if not worse. Yeah. As bad as Joe Theismann. I was too young to watch that, but Dude, Alex Smith apparently did. Like, it was so bad that, like, the announcers were like, uh, yeah, we've been told that we can't actually show that again on TV. And then just as he was saying that, they showed the replay to the crowd at, like, at Steelers Stadium. <laughs> and you just heard 60,000 people go, oh! Like, they all just, like, lost their lunch at the exact same time. It is the most horrific Dude. and violent what if, injury I think I've ever seen in what football. Are they this brings up okay hold on before we go any further seth slakehouse is also joining us i did not introduce seth um what's gonna happen should there be an injury in this falcons jacksonville game like are they going to 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 just have somebody like a, a toy story character on the field injured like how's that gonna work well, like, yeah, like the way like, yeah exactly the way like a gi joe's leg yes. will just pop off <laughs> So it says it uses state-of-the-art tracking technology, but this is, like, very... I don't know. What's that thing called when, like, the like a computer does someone's face and it Uncanny almost looks Valley. right? Uncanny Valley. This is, like, very... I don't know. This makes me a little sick to my stomach. I don't like it. I'm absolutely going to watch this game, by the way. I got to be honest. I'm, t I'm totally It's very this. cool technology-wise, and, and I don't know... I don't know that it is AI, but it's very weird also. I don't like it. That being said, so the strange. Nickelodeon games are, again, you're just watching actual football just with like stuff overlapped on top of it. Those are actually very enjoyable. <laughs> what if there's a fight that breaks out? That's true. Well, the toys that start would be fighting. Awesome. That would be so cool. I wonder if that's why they picked this game. I mean, honestly, it always feels like the teams that like don't really matter, like the teams that could move the needle on like international interests, like never go uh, abroad. Like last year was like, oh, the Buccaneers and the Seahawks. I'm like, well, Tampa Bay just won the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's on that team. Like, okay, that makes sense. Like, oh, they'll play a game in Germany. Like, okay, but normally it is like a pretty decent team against like an absolute dog shit team. And it sucks for fantasy because, like, you wake up and there's already one game over, so you're already losing by, like, 30 points. And you're like, I just woke up. How is this possible to already be down? Yeah. 
Okay, well, on that note... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> didn't mean to go into that tangent, but I just... We haven't discussed that, and I found that interesting. We are back speaking about some games this week. We've had uh, about a month of, of Star Wars content, so we hope you all enjoyed that. We will certainly have more at some point. I know the guys are planning on doing uh, something related to Ahsoka once that wraps. I have not been watching it, but I know uh, you two and Coach have all been watching that, so I know that'll be coming up at some point um, next month, so uh, stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, of course, the second we stopped with our Star Wars content, just a crap load of gaming news dropped. We had a Nintendo Direct, we had a PlayStation State of Play, and then today, uh, Tuesday, at the time of recording, we literally just had every single thing possible uh, related to Microsoft leak. What are you laughing at, George? It's like, oh yeah, we had um, a completely planned Nintendo Direct, a completely planned uh, Sony State of Play, and a completely unplanned uh, FTC, Federal Trade Commission, uh, data leak, basically, about, yes. about yes. everything Xbox has been trying literally to do everything. planning to do. Yeah. The funniest um, thing about it, though, is that this stuff leaked, apparently, in like the middle of the night, and like... Can you imagine just being like the person that was in charge of censoring the FTC documents and waking up? Yeah. And like the 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 clenchness of his asshole when he saw what happened. <laughs> I mean I, I mean I can only imagine just like just just you like know and not answering the phone, just like completely ignoring the hitting the Nord button over and over and over again, like packing <laughs> his bags, you know? <laughs> What's funny too lasted. Yeah. is <laughs> What's funny, too, is Microsoft and Phil Spencer, I want to say himself, even confirmed that Microsoft was the one responsible for mm -hmm. the leak. They accidentally uploaded all this stuff. And so that's where we find ourselves at. But we'll talk about that later. Uh, before we get into all that stuff, you know, stay tuned for that. George, talking about Microsoft, there's a big game that came out um, since our last gaming episode, that being Starfield. And so I know you've been playing that and maybe another game. So I want to give you a chance to talk about that here. Starfield might be Bethesda's best game ever. And I'm not trying to be like hyperbolic and like understand it just came out and recency bias and all that. But I think it feels like older Bethesda games with a lot of the modern presentation sensibilities. And so like one of the documents that leaked last night talked about or Microsoft talked about like an Oblivion remaster, right? And I'm so excited to talk about that. This game feels like Oblivion with all of the the bells and whistles this truly like this and final fantasy 16 are the first like next gen games i feel like we've gotten on playstation 5 and xbox series x accordingly um this game's great this game is addictive the world is just as compelling and crazy like you remember skyrim where you're like you know going through every barrel looking for a hundred apples looking for all your celery looking for fire salts or whatever you know like you're just that hoarder's mentality is very much there it just has such a sleek beautiful presentation and i'm so it feels so much like the elder scrolls games in fact that like i constantly mess up by pressing the wrong buttons because i'm just you know hitting b on my xbox controller hoping that'll bring up the menu like that's how comfortable and familiar everything feels but it's just so cool to fly across a galaxy find a distress signal in one system go up, find out it's a trap, fight off some space pirates, find some information when you pick up and pillage like their remains or whatever, and then they talk about a space station on the other side of that system, and then you go there, and then you just raid the space, whatever, like the casino that they took over, right? And then you're going through fighting in zero gravity, 
and just like floating through the space and then using your laser weapons to because you're running low on bullet ammo and then you kill enough of these people with bullets and like it very much feels like oh i ran out of this type of arrow let me switch to melee like in in skyrim or something and it's just it's such an addictive loop i haven't even beaten the game but i am so enthralled like this is the first time i've ever given a shit about the main quest in a bethesda game i think it is so compelling and so simple the smartest thing about this game it's said in the future but everything about it has like you know that feeling in Indiana Jones, like the 1930s, like everything is still exciting because like the world hasn't been discovered and figured out yet. Yeah. They managed to capture that feeling in this game where it's like half the population everywhere is trying to fuck over the other half of the population because they're space pirates and the other half that's getting fucked over is just like, well, we sailed the galaxy. We did it. Now it's just time to start living. And then you're with the one group of people that are like, no, we can never stop exploring. And that level of optimism is just. It's, it's so incredible like it's just so much fun i love this game this game's great i've heard a lot of people compliment the uh the main story quest that seems to be like a recurring thing of how good it is so i really do want to play it at some point i've honestly never been the biggest bethesda fan i i enjoyed skyrim for what it was but aside from that fallout 4 was fine too i guess but i i just never grew up playing those games and so i don't have the nostalgia for them like others do and frankly this will kind of explain everything. My first experience with Bethesda was Skyrim on PS3 at launch, and so yeah, that's, that, that was sucks. not a yeah. not a good first first you know look at a Bethesda game. But this game does look really good. You know, I, leading up to it, I wasn't really that excited for it, but the more I see, the more I really do want to uh, play it at some point. So it seems like it's very divisive. Like people either love it or hate it, um, and. A lot of people are, are saying that they're disappointed by the emptiness of, of the world. Is that, is that something you experienced, George? Like the, the giant emptiness? or It's something I haven't noticed. Like I feel like the reason Skyrim was so empty, like that game felt like a post-apocalyptic game, right? Like it, it, it seemed like the world as they knew it was over and you were just there sort of scratching through the pieces. It is kind of an empty world, but there's like obviously points of interest. Um, I think if people are complaining about that, they're spending too much time in underdeveloped systems where a, a lot of the main quest kind of sends you to like, you know, mines and, and remote outposts and shit like that. But there's so many expansive living locations that are incredibly dense and like for, to me it really doesn't feel any different than like the real world right where it's like oh yeah new york city's rad but like once you get upstate new york man that place sucks. you know it's it's like yeah man like 11 million people live four hours south of here like that's kind of where the happening is sorry sorry albany or malone new york isn't to your liking i don't know what to tell you yeah i really want to play it someday i just i got way too much going on right now way too much George, I know you were playing another game. Do you want to talk about it at all? Yeah, yeah. Uh, on a whim, I picked up Immortals of Avium, the uh, magical first-person shooter that uh, I think EA shut off at, not Gamescom, Summer Games Fest, right? The Jeff Keighley joint, I think it was there. Uh, this game's fun, man. It's really hard, which is something I wasn't expecting. It's the first shooter I've played in a very long time where there's no regenerating health. It's just health packs. And so because of that, it does feel almost... I don't want to say puzzle-like, that feels like a cop-out answer, but you do have to be, like, a bit more methodical with your approach, and, like, you do have to be smart, and you have to hold up, you know, your ward spells to protect you from incoming fire. There's, like, little challenge rooms, you know, like, this feels pretty stock and standard with video games, where, like, oh, I found something in the world that takes you out, it puts you into, like, this hypothetical plane, and makes you go through this series of wave-based challenges to, to earn a, a skill point or whatever. Those are brutal in this game. 
Um, but besides that, I don't know, man. Like, this game is really pretty. It's really fun to play, fast-paced. But um, you can't just, like... It's really hard to, like, brute force your way through the game the way you could in a Call of Duty. Like, just put your head down and make smarter decisions the next time. Like, you have to, like, actually kind of, like, mentally map out what you want to do in this game, which is something I appreciate. But, man, is that <clears throat> making this game probably longer than it than it has to be. Yeah, it does look really good. I Honestly, I haven't really heard anybody talk about it. So, you're the first, I yeah, think. Yeah, it was a, apparently, like, a catastrophic failure, sales-wise. Um, oh yeah, I think half the development team's already been laid off. Yeah, yeah, they were Yikes. they were talking about it on the last uh, Sacred Symbols, and Colin was saying like it's such a disaster. They're they're talking about like like five digits of sales Ooh. numbers. Yeah, like, that's not good. Like like yeah, he, he, they were talking about it, like like it may have been like EA's like biggest blunder of all time, sales wise. Wow. So. Which like the game's really fun. That's like the most disappointing part. Like yeah. it, it really is like a Doctor Strange first person shooter. You know, that's what Colin was saying. Seth, anything you've been playing or watching, reading, anything you want to talk about here briefly? Just Baldur's Gate 3, man. Just, just you know, uh, gating some balls and having a blast. Um, really, really impressed with, with Baldur's Gate 3. More than I actually thought I was going to be. I was so done with Dungeons and Dragons, like just from having bad experiences. And, um, <laughs> and this you're is like, a hell, you're, you're wearing a Hellfire Club shirt, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I love I love Stranger Things, um, okay. but it was the D and D club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Like, yeah, I, I hate D and D except except for no, how it's depicted I, in certain TV shows. It's not that I hated D and D. I actually I've, I've always loved D and D very much, but like, I got so tired of um, starting a D and D campaign and having like three sessions for everyone to just kind of fizzle out. You know, yeah. That I was in. I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm not. I'm not doing this anymore. Um. But this is like completely reignited my love for like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and the Forgotten Realms. And it's really, really fun co-op. Me and Caitlin have a co-op campaign that we started and then we each have our own ones and it plays really good on Steam Deck. So that's that's pretty sweet. Um, And yeah, just just having a blast, man. The only thing that does drive me nuts is and I know a lot of people have complained about this. And Larian said it was a bug, but if it's a bug, it still hasn't been fixed. Um, it's just like the, the horniness of your party members. And I'm, I'm like, God, I didn't think that that would bother me. Right. But it, it is a little frustrating when like you're having to you're trying to have like a serious conversation with like, uh, say like Gail. And all of a sudden, like the, the text is like Gail is staring deeply into your eyes. It's like, come on, can't we just have like a, like a, like a, like a, like a talk, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. World's not gonna save itself, man. We got shit yeah. to do. It's like God, just take it easy, man. Um, yeah, it's just like can, everyone's trying to fuck you, and it's it's like, all right, come on, back off. You know, I, I, do, I get enough of this in real life. I don't need yeah, this in exactly. my video game life. <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to escape here. Um, <laughs> I really, I like I said, I do wish. Now, the, I will say the characters are like very well written. I think they're all really interesting. I think they're all really cool. Um, all really the horny. game, yeah. yeah, all really horny. <laughs> the game is the game is extremely fun and difficult, and it, it takes that strategy and depth of Dungeon Dragons to life, which doesn't surprise me because Divinity Two is the same way. Um, but I'm, I, I, I will say that like 
yeah, the the horniness of the party members is is like kind of annoying the shit out of me right now. Um, but other than that, no, I'm, I'm having a blast, man. The story is very good, and it's kind of going through and, and enjoying that. Nice. Sorry, started... Can you comment? Can you Sorry. comment more about like the the shared campaign and your own campaign? Because I assumed. I assumed you'd only be able to do one or the other, but it's not, you said you could do both. You could have like a co-op com- campaign running concurrently with a, your own campaign, like your single-player campaign. Yeah, they're just two different. They're just two different save files. Oh, sorry. Yeah, everything so, I read, everyone was talking about one or the other. So I assumed you could only like start a co-op game and then. Yeah, yeah, you, you can. Okay. So like you 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 can do a, a co-op campaign, or you can do a single-player campaign. So like I there's two. Two completely different save files that I have. So, like, I, I have a, a a rogue in one, and then a warlock in the other. So, we basically started the game over together. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 how that's how it goes. But having having a blast, man. Um, nice. I will say, if this doesn't win game of the year, it's like it it's it's gonna be disgusting because. The amount of effort that Larian put in to just make anything possible in the game um, is is insane. Like anything you can think of, it works, right? If you want to, if if your character somehow has the strength to pick up this hundred pound barrel and carry it with them all the way to the boss room to throw this barrel on the boss and one shot it, you can do that. You know, <laughs> like it just anything you can think of works. So. It's really impressive, man. All the dialogue, all the all all the characters are, are really cool and well written, and I'm having a blast with it. That's pretty much all I got to say without spoiling it. Is it? The, am I wrong, or is it the highest rated game of the year right now? I feel like I think it it's is tied. I think it's tied with Tears of the Kingdom. Okay, dude, I was thinking about this the other day on what my my game of the year is going to be, and I honestly, I don't know if I'm going to have an answer. I mean, it depends on on how things go this fall and what I play, but. Part of me just like really does not want to give Tears of the Kingdom the uh, Game of the Year award for me because I just I don't know it 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 didn't ever fully click with me even after playing it for fifty sixty hours and then Final Fantasy sixteen kind of like started to have the same issue with me where I got pretty far in it and it just kind of I don't know it started to not click so I don't know what my answer is going to be and I need to go back to both of those games and beat both of them but. According to Open Critic, um, Baldur's Gate three and Tears of the Kingdom are both tied. Okay. Where's um, Where's Lies of P? Let's see here. I don't see Lies of P on the top twenty. Okay. I heard really good things. That's yeah. the reason I ask. It got good yeah. reviews. Um, My thing is, is that with Lies of P, oh, Lies of P has an eighty two right now. So, on Open Critic. Which I think is more accurate than Metacritic. I don't like how Metacritic weighs yeah. their stuff. Um, for me, with Liza P, is that it's a little too much Bloodborne, and by that I mean like, at what point does it become like straight up like, okay, we just we just stole their idea? Yeah, you know, I just that's how that's kind of how I feel about it. Like even the UI is like straight up ripped out of Bloodborne. You know, I just I don't know, man. Well, I really um, want to go back yeah, and play Bloodborne. I, you're, I, I, I you're, do. Song, you're gonna do a cover song. Don't make it sound like the original, right? Like make it, yeah, make, I, it, make it work for you. I'd love to go back and play Bloodborne. I wish they did a uh, patch for PS5 because that game performance-wise is very unstable. It leaked. 
the Bloodborne remaster leaked, and then we never heard anything about it ever again. Yeah, and it's so weird, man. Like, you you really just need to to make it run on PS5 because like those games they're not known to be beautiful games. Like, I think Elden Ring looked like absolute dickhole, but <laughs> but it 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 is like really fun because of the gameplay. You yeah. know, take it that way you mean. I can't talk. Understood. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Almost. Um, yeah. <laughs> the only thing I was going to mention, literally nothing has changed since the last time we talked about games. I am still playing Final Fantasy 14 and I am still loving it. Um, it's still been my it's main driver for the past. I guess it's been almost three months at this point. I've been playing this game. Is so, it really? Yeah, I think I started it back in late June. And yeah, um, like two like two weeks after Final Fantasy 16 yeah, came out, you that's uh, right. immediately fired up 14. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, you've been putting in the work. I respect. That's it. right. There is one other game I've been playing that we'll talk about when the when we talk about the direct here shortly. But I I did want to mention just briefly, um, Niantic, the company behind Pokemon Go, uh, has just released a Monster Hunter uh, mobile game that is basically the same idea as Pokemon Go, and I've been playing a little bit of that, and it's pretty good. I'm pretty pretty happy with it so far. I hate Niantic with like every fiber. In blood of my being they they do everything like listen pokemon go is such a good game dude it is it's so so good and they do everything possible to tank it it's yes. like it's like someone like, like the director of that company it's like his grandfather died developing pokemon go and he's <laughs> out for, for revenge secretly he's like how can i absolutely tank this game i hate it but people still you love know? it he's like he's like working undercover yeah because the game is so addictive and so good right but like you go through every single update, dude, every single update. It's like, hey, we know you guys are having fun. We're taking it away. <laughs> hey, you guys, you guys are enjoying doing this. We're going to make it way harder and more expensive. And it's like, God, just. I just want to sock them. I saw something. Right I, I don't know if they did it or not or if it's true, but I saw that they were talking about removing the remote rating after like now that the pandemic is pretty much done. And I'm like. That's fine, but we've had this feature for three years at this point. Can we not just leave it in? I mean, it why is it a problem? It made the game so much better, dude. It made the game so much better. Right. And they make so much money on remote raid passes that it's like, like I said, it's like they're trying to kill their own game. It's like, it's like I hate this thing. Just yeah. Die. Just die. Well, Monster Hunter now, though, I haven't played a ton of it, but I'm going to keep playing it. I, I like it so far, and you can play together with your friends and stuff, so... We'll see how it turns out and if it's actually successful in any way. Frankly, I'm surprised that the Pikmin game that they made is still a thing. And Nintendo tries to continue pushing that game, even though nobody talks about it. So, <laughs> Also, um, shout out to Austin and Andy for uh, raiding with me a couple years ago, catching my first Rayquaza. That's right. A couple years ago. Big, big <laughs> shout out. Yep. All right, guys, so speaking of uh, Nintendo here, let's just jump right into our, like I said, really our big three topics uh, of the show. And I was telling the guys beforehand, I'm going to kind of breeze through at least the direct because there was a lot announced here. So if there's anything that you guys see on this list that you're interested in talking about that I kind of pass over, um, please just let me know and, and we'll discuss it. But this is not necessarily in the order that things were announced. I think it's relatively close, but I'm not positive on the the exact order of this list. Um, this was on uh, Nintendo Life that I found this this specific order. But they started off with uh, some Splatoon 3 uh, DLC. This is the second 
wave of their their expansion pass and it looks like it's going to be something kind of akin to the octo expansion from splatoon 2 which is a very expansive like single player dlc and they said this will be out next spring so it looks pretty cool i kind of dropped off splatoon though so i'm, I'm not sure if i'm going to buy this i want to get back into it i bought splatoon 3 i think i played one match and that's oh, dude. all i've done and i was so excited for that game yeah it's really good we need do you have it? Do you still have your Switch? Where are you at Switch, Switch-wise? Yeah, I, got, I still got my Switch, man. It's uh, in my closet, in the case. Okay. What, so you want to play, play some Splatoon? You got that one? You got, you wanna, got, that, you got that S3? Blow your rank all over me? If, if you and Caitlin don't mind, yeah. I'd, wanna, I'd, like, that chance. Wanna... I'd like that chance very much, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that's, a little too gra- that's a little too graphic. I'm yeah. not going to say what I was going to say. I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, no, we should go play it, George, because Andy and I played quite a bit of it when it came out, okay. but... I guess I'm not invited anymore. I dropped off. Well, you don't care. <laughs> you don't care. Don't act we like... We do need to you. start... <laughs> George <laughs> invited <laughs> me, and now you're just like, oh, yeah, me and, you, me and you'll play it, George. And I was like, all right, well, fine. I'll just... I'll just yeah, we don't, we don't want myself. that ink-covered Seth coming over. Yeah. yeah. You know what we need to do, we though, need... George, is play... More like, paper like or... community nights. Yeah, we do. We do. I think. Yeah. We need to play a Mario Party, the game that I told you I was going to buy and then I didn't, and then you bought it. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, that's how that story no, goes. No, that wasn't Mario Party. That was, uh, that was Wii Sports. Or oh, Switch that's Sports. right. That's right. I still still haven't bought that. Did that hurt you, yeah, George, yeah. when he did that to you? <laughs> no, I was really happy. Just, like, honestly, playing, like, Switch Tennis, like, made me really happy. I wouldn't have bought it if I thought I was just going to be playing it by myself. That feels right. a little lame. Yeah. Um... But no, it's not as mad as other games I've bought for this podcast to play with people. You, okay, so sorry, I'm, my mind's all. I over was the gonna place. say samezies because that's I, it's very similar to things that have happened to me. All right. Well, on that note, um, <clears throat> I was gonna say, you know, it would be a fun game for us to all play because we've brought it up multiple times, and we are clearly um, in this realm. We've all talked about Battlefront Two. And Seth, I know oh. you you said you had played quite a bit of it on PC, yeah, and George and I played it for a while, a couple of years ago. You, you know what kills me about... I know we're trying to get through this direct, man, but yeah. I, I, you're bringing up interesting <laughs> topics, Austin. It's fine. I absolutely... And this is going to hurt, George. I know it's going to do. I, I'm sorry. I hate the campaign. <laughs> and the thing is that... You know what? The, the third person view of that game is so ugly to me. And the way the characters move, it's like their upper body separated from their lower body, like old school Bethesda games. And I don't like it. And it really ruins the campaign for me. Other than that, I think that the, the premise is cool. And I think the rest of the game is great. Fucking snowflake. Such a uh, like a bitch ass criticism of that game. <laughs> I can't. Game's like six years old, dude. <laughs> this game is six years old. I'm sorry it doesn't look as good as Baldur's Gate 3 or whatever, but like that game still fucks real hard. That game is still great. That is probably like one of the yeah. best multiplayer games on last gen consoles. And like, oh, I don't like how, uh, how Separate looks from like the one point of view that like the game's not really built for, but they just included it because they were trying to be nice to fucking old heads who played that game you know, 20 years ago on their busted-ass PlayStation 2. <laughs> Gotta do something for them so they don't fucking cry about it. And they still cry about it. God damn it. Fucking... Jeez. All right, well, let's move on to fun things here. Uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong, <laughs> they announced their, 
They're doing a remake of the so Game excited. Boy Advance one, which I never played. Uh, George, what do you think about this? So excited. Love, love little puzzle games. Uh, these are the kind of games, I, I gotta be honest, it's really disheartening to see them like, oh, hey, a new game is coming to Nintendo Switch. It was on Wii U. It's like, fuck. Um, it's it's nice to see remakes like uh, like the Link's Awakening remake, right? Like things from other generations that have been modernized. So I'm I'm quite excited for this. Yeah, it looks very good. I've only played. I think it was on DS. They had one. That's the only one I've played. I never played March the, of the minis. Yeah. So honestly, I thought it was more like Lemmings because that's what that game was on DS. I didn't realize the original was not like that. So. It looks pretty good. Yeah, if anything, this is more like Captain Toad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's kind of the vibe it, it, it made me think of. So, a um, couple things here to blow past. They announced Horizon Chase 2 is out now. That game looks pretty fun. I never played the first one. George? First one's fucking awesome. Impossible to plot down, but that, that is like one of the most fun arcade racers I've yeah. ever played. So, I'm. I like Great the PlayStation stuff. Plus game. Yeah. They also announced. Um, the what was it oh another code that I'll, I'll skip on a little bit here another code recollection and this is um these are remakes of two ds games the second one did not come to america in the first game i cannot remember the title of what it was when we got it here i should have looked that up but i'm not super familiar with these to be honest with you but i know a lot of people when these were announced like lost their mind. Uh, trace memory is what the um, Western version is called. But uh, I know when this direct happened and these were announced, people absolutely lost their mind. And honestly, like I had never heard of of these games before. But I'm not really sure what they are. But they look good. Also, can I take a minute to apologize to Seth for calling him both a snowflake and a soft ass and an old head? Um, I'm sorry. It's okay. I knew that. I knew when I said that that it was gonna it was gonna pain you greatly. So I was prepared for it. Okay. The next game they showed off here may have pained me greatly because I don't know how to feel about it. Prince Princess Peach Showtime. This was the um, game that they teased at the end of the last Direct, where it was just like Peach at the end, and they were like, yeah, we're working on a Peach game. Well, they, they showed it, and I don't know, maybe I'm just not the target audience for this, but there was something about the gameplay that just didn't really click for me as I was watching this. I don't know, Seth, I know you didn't watch the Direct, but George, I don't know what you felt as you watched this gameplay. I felt like it... It, it seemed to be aimed more at a younger audience, like a, a sub 10 year old type audience, which is there's nothing wrong with that. But that that was kind of how I read it. Uh, I want to hear Seth's thoughts if he has any. I have not uh, seen it, so um, I will say that Princess Peach Showtime. If it was a stripper game, I think that would be really funny, but it's not because um, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. Um, but also, um, I feel like there's not that many Princess Peach fans. So, don't say that. Don't say that. Okay. The internet's gonna come out in force. I think there's all that. I think there's probably a lot more now post Mario movie. Yeah. Is there? Like, dude, I, I how? Yeah, how? How often do you interact with like five year old kids, six year old kids? 
Um, I mean, like, do you have do you have nephews or nieces or anything? Yeah, they're all they're all older than that though. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I okay. never maybe. <laughs> Mario is the hotness right now with five and six year olds. Like my my niece is like demanding to dress like Princess Peach. She's demanding that her mom dresses up like Mario, and she's demanding that her dad dresses up like Yoshi for Halloween this year. Uh, she had a Mario-themed birthday party uh, in June. You know, the movie came out in, like, April. My buddy's six-year-old kid, like, really wanted to go see that, like, opening night, and so, like, we all took him. Like, the, the kids just care about Mario, honestly, probably the most since, like, 1985. Like, probably the most yeah. since the original Nintendo or, like, Nintendo 64 came out. So I can I can see this being huge. I think what's interesting about what we've seen so far from Princess Peach is it it looks like a handheld game. See, that's the way I've been. Not like it. a yeah. Not not like a console game. There's something about the gameplay that just like I mean it doesn't look bad. There's just something that's not exactly clicking for me as I watch it, and maybe you know when I play it, it'll it'll work a little better. But it almost looks, and I don't know if you read this, George, as you as you watched it, but to me it almost read more like a brawler. Like, it looked like a side-scrolling brawler, just something about the way it was set up, mm. which I guess I have a hard time coming oh, to yeah, terms I, with, but it's probably fine. That would probably work. It's got a, it's got a beautiful Joe thing going on where it's a, it's a theater. Yeah. Huh. And she does, like, costume changes, and so she'll, like, turn into a pirate and then have a sword and sword fight a giant piranha plant type thing, right? And so, like, everything just looks really, like, segmented and, like, partitioned. And so that's why, like, yeah. this looks like the, the handheld part of Switch coming through, which would be kind of interesting because they're also bringing out Luigi's Mansion 2, and, like, that game was much more segmented, right? Like, Dark Dark of the Moon or whatever on, on 3DS? Yeah. That one was bite-sized to for handheld, and this, this looks like it's following a similar philosophy. Yeah, it looks interesting enough. I mean, I'll, I'll wait for reviews, but... I don't know. So from there, Tomb Raider 1 through 3 remastered, starring Laura Croft. That is a specific name. Why did they need to say starring hmm. Laura Croft? Probably because <laughs> they're worried that. Uh, actually, you know, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. They look pretty good, I'd say, from a visual standpoint, but it doesn't look like they've changed like the control system in any way. So I don't they know. They said they weren't going to. I don't know if it's going to hold up, to be honest with you. That, suck. that sucks, man. Those controls are pretty tough. Yeah. Aren't they tank controls, if I remember correctly? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So. Which is awful when you're doing, like, precision platforming. It is. <laughs> they redid her character model. Yeah, I mean, the models look a lot better. The, the graphics do look considerably upgraded, so it looks They redid good. her character model, but they left it, like... Shitty. <laughs> it's so so bizarre. It doesn't even. I don't think it looks shitty. I think it looks like the uh, like it looks like the cinematics from the era, right? Like they made it look oh, like yeah. as as good as like the high end animation of like nineteen ninety eight yeah. when these games were coming out. Have you guys played these games? Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, a little bit they're of the first hard. one. They're they're so fucking hard, man. They're like yeah. I remember I didn't play them as a kid. I remember buying them or like they were given away on PlayStation 3, right? Because like they still had backwards compatibility and, and the classics or whatever. And I was just like, oh, sick. I've always wanted to check these games out. I remember being excited for them. These games are brutal, man. These games are so hard. Like, I don't think it was until like Anniversary or what was it? Dark? Something dark? 
Dark um, Angel. I don't know. It wasn't until like the like the 360 era where I thought like not even like the reboot, but like before that, the, the 360 era. Yeah. Where I thought those games became like playable. Anniversary is a really good game. Yeah, I liked the um the reboot that they got. I think it's a reboot. Isn't Anniversary technically a reboot of the, of, of the series? And then they made like yeah. three sequels or something like that. I liked those games. Um, and the one that was like, it wasn't a launch title on PS3, but it was pretty close. I thought that was really good. I played the crap out of that. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked the new sequel games, but the third one I thought was pretty bad. And I never finished the third one. The second one was phenomenal. The second one. Fantastic. Uh, awesome game. Yeah. The third one felt very strange and they felt like they, they just put their B team on the writing. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it switched dev teams with three, if I'm recalling correctly. One and oh. two, I think, were the same dev team, but then three, it switched. That was a good guess. Yeah, yeah, you could tell. Well, wasn't wasn't the dev team for the original, weren't they doing Avengers at that point? I right? It was Crystal so. Dynamics, right? Yeah. That was rough. Um, Speaking of rough, Detective Pikachu Returns looks fun but the lighting in that game looks so bad good god i don't that's all i can see when i when i see it i keep watching it and it just looks like a 3ds game that they have upscaled well uh it looks a lot like uh pokemon scarlet and violet that's right that's right so it fits in with the universe yeah (laughs) so makes sense actually actually this is way better than scarlet and violet no uh, did you? I did not. Now I do think that we should all pick one game that we're like. I don't want to. I don't want us to get a game we're not excited about. But I do think it'd be fun if we all did grab a game like this or like. Um, what was it called? You said another code recollection, like something like that, like a game that, like, I gotta be honest, I don't really, I wouldn't grab this normally day one. But like, if we did it for the show, not yeah. because, like we said, we're gonna play with each other. Because that always fucking falls through. <laughs> hey, Austin, sorry I didn't see you there. Um, but I, I think it'd be fun if we like picked up a game like this. I, I know games are expensive, so I don't want to pressure anyone if they don't want to do that. But I think group mentality is like the only way I could get through a yeah. game like this. I'd like to try it. The, the problem is for me, and I could be wrong, but my understanding is Detective Pikachu 1 ends on a cliffhanger. And they are not porting the first one to the switch so the after years they're just releasing the second one following up on that story where tons of people have not played the first so i don't know what exactly they decided to do there and maybe they'll have stuff in the game i know a lot of games now have like the intro videos where it explains what happens in the previous game they may do something like that but mm-hmm. we'll see i guess it comes out like in two weeks which is pretty soon um, trombone champ. I wanted to bring up for a second because Andy actually bought this because we saw oh it my God. and thought it looked ridiculous, and it was only fifteen dollars. But it's um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like a ridiculous like Wii music looking thing, except everybody plays the trombone terribly, and like the whole point is it's a rhythm game, but like it sounds horrible as you're playing it, and. It's pretty cool. I We were trying it with the motion controls, and the motion controls, to me, did not work super well. So I'm hoping they patch it and figure out whatever exactly is, is going on there. But um, 
they announced a few other things here. Uh, nothing any any in particular that pops out to me Wait. until. Go ahead, Seth. Uh, I just want to say, I think this Battle Crush game looks absolutely dope because it's it's got like a MOBA feel to it, which I don't like MOBAs, but it's also kind of got like a 3D Smash Brothers feel to it. And also, it's just a 30-person battle royale where you're just fighting to survive until the end. And I think that seems super cool. I'm going to be honest. If it's not, I forgot about not, this. Yeah, not if it's $60. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd pay 30 for it. But this this seems pretty sweet, man. The I, art I like style the looks good. Yeah. Huh. Um, is, is anyone shocked they haven't brought Power Stone back yet on Switch? Oh, it's coming, buddy. <laughs> Is it? They gotta they gotta drain out the frontline nostalgia first, then they gotta get like the secondary and third okay. nostalgia. Yeah, and then switch to launch title. Okay, yeah, because <laughs> I mean, I'd be if, if this were a Power Stone like this, I would day one day one purchase. Yeah. It's almost like a competitive Diablo or something. It looks pretty sweet. I'd say the next really big thing they showed off here was the Luigi's Mansion Two uh, Dark Moon HD up upscale thing that george mentioned earlier and um they said that's coming out next summer i know that had been announced before but this is kind of more being shown and it looks good i mean it's luigi's mansion 2 which is very very good game um i need to beat three it made me think of that i, I never played much of three two is the only one i've beaten i really liked it yeah um the next few things here, they talked about a Nintendo museum that's going to open in Kyoto, or it might be Osaka, I'm not sure. I think it's Kyoto. Um, next summer, and looks pretty cool. If anyone's ever in Japan over there, starting next summer, you can go check out like a uh, an exhibit of, of Nintendo goods, which is pretty cool. A um, few Amiibo announcements here. They finally announced the Sora Amiibo, which concludes the Smash Brothers Amiibo line. Many years later, that is the final Smash Brothers Amiibo on the way. And they also talked about some Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Amiibo as well. So a few things there. Respectfully, with the, in, in regards to Amiibo, I remember like the first wave launched around Christmas 2014. Yep. How did it take almost 10 years? You know, I don't know, George, because they'll... Here's the thing, Sora has been out for like in the game. I don't even know how long it's been at this point. It's been at least a year. Sora's in Smash Brothers? Yeah. He was the oh. final final edition. So, but he's been sure. in the game for at least a year and they're not even going to release this amiibo until next or next year. So, I don't I don't know what takes them so long. I would think if they're announcing this character like they would probably work on the amiibo pretty quickly. <laughs> But that it doesn't seem been to be like, the case. Uh, it should have been like Scarlet Witch or Doctor Strange. And the first time you used them, they just fucking drop into the stage and deleted your game. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. But um, so as far as the Sora Amoeba goes, um, Square and Disney have been very, very particular about Kingdom Hearts marketing 
and like like how that goes i'm very surprised to see sora in in um smash brothers um because they're very protective of sora and i don't know why it's it's very strange the other thing that i wanted to tell you is you just ruined my mood because i had forgotten that someone stole my xenoblade chronicles 2 dlc physical version and now i'm reminded of it so I should have sent you the other day, George, I know you're aware of this website. There's a Canadian website that does reprints of Western games. I forget what it's called. Do you know the name, George? VGP. Okay, VGP. They just did a a reprint of the Xenoblade 2 physical DLC the other day. I don't know if it's still on there, but I should have sent it to you. I totally forgot about that. Are they official? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know how they get this stuff. it's, It's still in stock. I don't know how they get it. I, I'm seeing <laughs> it right now. In the Discord. Oh, this is sweet. Buy it. I never beat this, dude. I yeah. never beat this. I love Xenoblade so much. And it's and it's sixty Canadian, so it's like forty five US. Yeah, stupid Canadian dollar, not worth anything. I hated Xenoblade three so much, and I don't understand how. You go from a masterpiece that Xenoblade 2 is and they go to Xenoblade 3, which is just a giant turd. And I'm the only person who has that opinion. But the Xenoblade 3 DLC, I was getting really into on our Disney trip. And then I forgot my switch and completely lost all momentum. Sucks. Freaking sucks. Did you did you have like the, the cloud uploads? Like, is your save still there through the cloud or did you lose your saves too? I didn't even know Nintendo had that feature, to be honest with you. They do, but I think you have to be on a Nintendo like account subscription like PlayStation Plus. Oh, yeah, I don't have that. Y- you know what? That's, that's such a crock, man, because not only does Steam do it better, it's completely free. Whereas as soon free. as you close a game in Steam, it immediately uploads to the cloud. There's no BS with Steam, right? They're like, all right, yeah, we want you to play on our platform. I really respect that. And anytime you move to a different system, you know, PC wise on Steam, you just boot up the game and it's like you don't have to download anything. It just works. It already has your. That's why the Steam Deck is so good, man, because you don't even have to think about it. Right. As long as you connect your Steam Deck to the Internet, which I do with my my hotspot on my phone. It's boom. it's, It's there. You got it. You don't have to worry about it at all. It's so good. I don't understand why this is still a paid feature. Like, it's so basic. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, I'm going to plow through the, the ending here so we don't go super long just on the direct, but, um, Seth, this might be one you're interested in. I'm not sure, but I, you chronicle hundred heroes. Yeah. No, the, the Suikoden, good. the Suikoden thing is a giant blank spot in my like RPG expertise. Um, I've always wanted to play Suikoden and Suikoden 2 because I heard they're like the best RPGs of all time. I didn't play them when I was a kid. So I just, I never had the time to go back to them, but this is just a, um, a re- like a, like a restarting of like the Suikoden legacy. Um, I do think it's funny though that as soon as they announced this, Konami, yeah, Konami was yeah. like, "Oh no, 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 we'll bring Suikoden back. Please don't, <laughs> please don't steal our idea. And don't it's like, buy oh, it. We've got Suikoden, yeah. the official one. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have dicked around. You know, you guys only had twenty years since the last one, so yeah, yeah. dude. I hope those remasters are Probably. good because Probably. I've never played Suikoden and I really want to. And the remasters look fantastic. Suikoden 2 has, I think, 
a hundred recruitable characters for your party. And that is what turns me away from the Suikoden franchise because I like well-written tight parties. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to have a hundred characters in my party. You know what I'm more excited for that's that I'm surprised wasn't shown off is the star ocean two remake mm-hmm. because looks so good. Dude, Star Ocean 2 is like one of the greatest RPGs of all time that never get talked and never gets talked about. And it sucks that the Star Ocean series has fallen down so far because Star Ocean 2 has it's almost like like like, a, like an early like Baldur's Gate type thing where you can, you can do so much cool stuff in it. And there's like 40 different endings to Star Ocean 2 depending on what you do and your choices you make and it's really a, a giant expansive game that like flew right under people's radar because it's Star Ocean and modern star ocean is is crap so i think the old ones are crap too yeah a couple last things here they announced the final wave of the mario kart 8 uh dlc that's going to come out holiday this year and um the tracks look pretty cool but i think really the the thing everybody's been talking about is the the final character additions being um diddy kong funky kong and then what was the other one oh um what's her name the the mario character Oh, um, oh god! Yeah, check from the original Donkey Kong and New yeah. Dog City. I can't think of it right now. Pauline. Hmm. Um, Pauline. Yeah, those are going to be the three final editions. And so with that, once this comes out, that will presumably be the end of Mario Kart 8. Um, we'll see what happens, though, when Switch 2 comes out and they release an updated Mario Kart 8. <laughs> um, have you guys seen this Mortal Kombat controversy for the Switch? Yeah, uh sadly if yes. i bought that game on yeah if i bought that game on switch i'd be pissed but also like i don't know what you can expect if you're buying a game made in 2023 on switch well i'm glad this is happening though because i think it it's important that people bring to light like the switch needs more power you know like that's all there is to it like we need an updated switch or something and it needs to be backwards compatible and like like Nintendo fans deserve to play Mortal Kombat, I think. It's it's such a legacy franchise. And this is such a crap looking version of this compared to the other ones. And I I like I, like like I said a few weeks ago, the Xenoblade games look disgusting and all the art direction in the world cannot save them. And that annoys the crap out of me. But like this is even more egregious. This is terrible, dude. Yeah, I think when it comes to the ports, like ports from PS5, Series X down to Switch, I mean, we're getting to a point where that stuff is just not working at all. I mean, we were already almost there with PS4. I mean, you had Doom, for example, release on the Switch and run at like 360p or whatever it was, and it still ran fine and people liked it, but still it's like, it could run fine and play, but do you want to play it in 360p? I mean, I guess that's that's fine if you're not super worried about like visuals, but for me, that would drive me insane. So no, I, I, I hope that all the leaks are true and that we're getting a switch upgrade next year because it is sorely needed. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, on a final note here with the direct, the final thing they announced was a paper Mario thousand year door remake, which obviously the biggest news of that showcase. And they didn't really give any details aside from the fact that it will release next year. So Frankly, I'd say presumably this will probably be the Switch's final big exclusive before Switch 2 
releases if the rumors are true that that thing's coming out next fall. So looks great. I was very impressed. It it looks like they totally redid a lot of the assets. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen like the side by side videos, but it literally looks like a brand new Paper Mario game by comparison. So I'm very excited for this. George. I'm incredibly excited. Yeah, game game looks great, and that's also like a two hundred dollar GameCube game on like the, the second hand market. Like that is incredibly expensive. So this is this is awesome. Um, I I'm not trying to like what's the word? I'm not trying to undersell the amount of work that goes into these, but also like why aren't there more of these? You know, like why if if you're not going to give us like GameCube on online, that's whatever. That's fine. That sucks. But like, like why aren't there more from this era of game that like honestly, Nintendo has always seemed like against supporting this era. Like I don't know if it's because the GameCube sold so poorly that they just assume that there's no love for this era of their history. But it seems like GameCube is like. The one time they've gone to the well on Switch generation that gets everyone excited, right? Like the Metroid Prime Remaster, people lost their fucking minds. The uh, the Mario 3D All Stars, people I feel like lost their minds because that's the first time that uh, Sunshine had been playable to them in probably their lifetime, right? Or like in 15 years at the very least, 20 years. And so I guess I don't understand why they don't pull a couple more clubs out of their their GameCube bag. Yeah, I was trying to look through and see like what else could they port. Um, I mean, Fire Emblem. Like, Twilight Prince. Like, where's Twilight Princess? Where's yeah the other one, the, the pretty one? Absolutely. And then Wind Waker. Like I said, they've got Fire Emblem, uh, Path of Radiance, which everybody really loves. And then you've you've also got other weird options like the Four Swords Adventures uh, Zelda game. I know that was primarily built for like the use of um, the DS. Or uh, uh, not DS, the Game Boy Advance attachment, but I I think that could still be ported, <laughs> stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean there are options. F Zero GX. Um, but yeah, F Zero GX is the number one man. Like, where is that game? Oh, that okay. You didn't yeah, talk speaking about it, but, of F Zero, uh, I yeah F Zero. I realized I wasn't even on this list for some reason, but when we got to the end, yeah, F Zero ninety nine. Honestly, aside from Paper Mario, for me that was the biggest announcement. And dude, I've been playing a lot of it. It's phenomenal. It's really, really good. It's my favorite of the 99 um, games that they've released so far for sure because they've done Pac-Man, Tetris, and um, Mario, which is now dead because they killed it within like three months or whatever it was. Yeah. But F-099, there's just something about that that works super well. So. Um, anybody have... Any overall thoughts on the direct? Any anything just on a broad scale? What did you think about it? I did not watch it. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was fun. Um, I is I assume this is common to do it like around September, right? Yeah, I think they've actually had one in September every year since the Switch released, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, like it almost it it had like the excitement of like a really good like game awards. Where, like, there was stuff I was kind of expecting, and then stuff I was, like, kind of caught by surprise. And so, it just, it had good vibes. And it almost, it made me think that it was already the holidays. Like, yeah. it, it was a transport of that way. 
Yeah, I thought it was very good. There was a lot of cool stuff announced, and genuinely, I know Paper Mario leaked a little while back, but I was very surprised by F-Zero, and I just hope that the community support for that game will rally Nintendo to either make a new F-Zero game or port GX or do something at all in that universe because there's so much they could do there, and... I just, I don't know. I love F-Zero, man. It's so sad that 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 series just died for 20 years, essentially. But um, with that, let's quickly hit the the PlayStation State of Play here. Now, this was nowhere near as expansive as the Nintendo Direct. Um, Not even close. So I'll just kind of briefly run through some of the stuff they they talked about um, that I thought to be a little bigger. You know, one thing that that I realized as as I watched this, they showed off this Ghostbusters uh, Rise of the Ghost Lord VR game, which can I just say, what a horrible name. Um, (laughs) Rise of the Ghost Lord, okay. Dude, what the hell happened to PSVR 2? Because that thing came out and just frankly died. Uh, I bought one. I love it. It's great. It's it's such a good VR set. The problem is that there's like no good single player experiences so i don't understand why they're trying to sell multiplayer experiences when like yeah you do that once you have an install base that can play together but there's no fucking install base to you know to to round up the boys and and play some some ghost busters with also like stop beating this fucking license to death i'm sorry like it's gen x people love this i'm like the I'm not even the cusp of Gen X and and millennials. I'm firmly a millennial. I really like it. I don't think about Ghostbusters that often. I've seen the first two movies combined probably like 70 times, which is a lot. It's not like I'm just sitting there thinking about like God, Vankman, what a what a character. You know, just fucking leave it alone. Like no one cares. So no one who I buys have, video games cares. I have this theory about VR, and it's that. I think the way we play video games right now with a controller and watching the TV is probably the way we're going to be playing video games for almost forever because the video game industry has gotten so big that everyone's so risk averse and scared of risk that you can't get massive good single player games on VR because no one is willing to to take that chance. Um, I think if VR had come out in like the PS2 era when people were still experimenting and and um, they, they they didn't know a whole lot about the industry, and it, there was it wasn't so just packed full of uh, money. I think VR probably would have taken off, but I don't think any innovation. I mean, think about the Dual Sense, right? Like like how cool the Dual Sense is. No one supports it, man, because they have like probably this, you know, metadata that's like, oh, you know, most people don't care about that, so we're not going to put it in the game. No, everyone's afraid to experiment with video games these days. And and I, I really think that's the biggest issue because VR is so cool and VR should be like what people are developing things for. And I think PlayStation VR 2 is going to just fade into nothingness, sort, sort of like uh, the first one did because it's not being supported by Sony. Not at I think all. The first one is probably more successful than the second yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like they've just left it out to die basically and i mean it i know there are still games coming out for it but it's never mentioned um george i think you're the only person i know that has one and i have not seen anybody i know like purchase one since launch well so they do they do promotional material but they don't do marketing material they right? don't. Like, i feel like this is 
the like I get emails from Sony. I don't know if I just get it because I already own a PlayStation VR, so it's like soliciting. I don't know if you guys check your email. I don't know if you have Sony blocked or not, you know, for for spam. <laughs> but like I get emails from them on a weekly basis talking about VR games. And then every time there's been a direct since the VR2 launch and like before VR2 launch, they talked about it. But it's just like they never talk about that shit on TV. Like I watch a lot of football. Yeah. I don't I've seen a lot of Starfield commercials See, in the past couple months. I haven't seen anything for VR2. But and that's the difference with um I guess what is now uh, meta because you do see commercials for Quest 2 and mm. for, uh, you know, Quest 3 is coming out soon and I'm sure that thing is going to do massively better by comparison to PSVR 2 just because of, one, the, the entry point is easier for people from a price standpoint. You don't have to have a PS5 and, you know, a $500 headset. But two, I mean, they definitely market their stuff. And so... Mm. We'll see how all that turns out. But um, speaking of PSVR 2, they showed off the Resident Evil 4 PSVR 2 update and then as well as some DLC for that remake. I still have not played um, the Resident Evil 4 remake, but the DLC looks pretty cool. So Spooky season's coming. It is. It is. Um, I am ready to be spooked. This is a game I want to talk about because I don't know if we really mentioned it. We might have earlier this summer, but they showed off some new gameplay for the Avatar uh, Frontiers of Pandora game, which looks surprisingly good, I would say. Oh, I disagree. Really? Yeah, I think it looks like Far Cry 7 and it looks, dude, they look so Ubisoft. See, that's, and, I mean, this, yeah, this is just so Ubisoft, man. And I'm just like, all right, I'm, I'm okay on this. It does look Far Cry 7. I completely agree. You I hit agree. the nail on the head. I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, I, I, I really did like Far Cry 6. I got maybe two hours into that game. And I was like, I can't, like, I just can't with this shit. I should go back and check it out again to see, like, if it's, if enough time has passed where I'm a bit more comfortable. But, like, I don't know. The idea of, like, my my problem with Far Cry Six, anyway, like it was just so hard for me to get into the story. Whereas with this, I'm like, okay, the world is interesting visually at the very least. So like, I'm hoping that's doing like a lot of lifting because like I do fundamentally enjoy the Far Cry mechanics and Assassin's Creed mechanics. I don't like that it's the same and Riders Republic, oddly the same mechanics there too. What can you do? Um, I'm optimistic, and this totally seems like the kind of game that like. You've beaten Spider-Man 2. You're like, oh yeah, I should go back and finish some, some stuff I started this year. That sounds like a good idea. And then you go to Walmart or Target or whatever, and like you see it, because it comes out December 7th, so it's like just before the holidays. The, the, just between the holidays. And then you're just like, fuck, yeah, alright, I'm just gonna get messed up and play this during the, the Christmas or Hanukkah, whatever you happen to celebrate that time of year. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree with Seth either, though. I mean, it does straight up look like a, a reskin of Far Cry, but I don't know. There's something about the world that I think could work with that gameplay, but it, it does look very Ubisoft. Uh, that being said, I'm still not going to buy it. I mean, it's it's not something I would purchase. So, <laughs> but it looks good just visually and, and the way the world appears. But um, speaking of looking good, Ghost Runner 2. Dude. I never played the Dude. first one, but this makes me really want to play the first one. <laughs> Ghost Runner slaps so hard, dude. Ghost Runner slaps so much ass. I didn't beat the first one, um, but it's 
it like just oozes style, right? Like you're just this cyber ninja in this post-apocalyptic like cyberpunk world and just like so cool, so fast paced, man. Um, this looks so cool and this looks like it's like a, a worthy sequel to the first one. I can't wait. George, did you ever play this game? The first one? I did not play it. It looks sick. The first one looked great. This one looks great. Yeah. I just, I'm so bad at these types of games. I'm not great at like precision shit. Yeah. I'm, I'll have to play the first one at some point. But um, they did uh, show off some more Helldivers 2 gameplay. Also which, looks day, phenomenal, dude. Day one. I'm there yeah. day one. Oh, this looks so cool. This if, is what we got. If we're play. all day one, yeah. if we're all day one, we should do it. We should just party up, dude. I agree. When does it come out? Did, I, I didn't write that down. I don't know if that's February next year. 8th. Okay. I'm watching the trailer right now. Yeah, they they really nailed this this um, gameplay portion because I remember thinking the last uh, time we saw it, it must have been earlier this summer when they announced it. To me, whatever that trailer was, I very clearly remember seeing it and thinking, man, this looks like it runs very poorly. And I'll just never forget seeing that trailer and seeing like the low frame rate. But it seems like that's not actually a problem with the game based off this gameplay. So it looks great. And I'm I'm it definitely looks, in on it. It looks now I didn't play the first Helldivers because I'm not a fan of the top down thing, but it looks mm -hmm. very much mission based. Yeah, but also it looks like there's a shitload of planets that you can explore and like do different stuff on these planets and like liberate them. And I'm wondering, I, I wonder if there's a plot at all to it, or if it's just like a monster hunter type. You know, we're just going down here doing missions together as a party and just having fun, just completely gameplay focused. I'm, I'm fine either way, but I don't remember if there was much of a plot in the first one. To be honest with you, I think I kind of just played through it and skipped the plot, but. There were probably was some. This looks so good. But yeah, it looks great. And it's cool seeing them go from something, you know, a little more simplistic top down to something very advanced by comparison with like an over the person or over the shoulder third person shooter. So mm -hmm. yeah, if hopefully we're all in. I'd love to play that with you guys. I'm I'm one okay. day one for me. Game looks great. They showed some more Spider-Man 2. I'll be honest. The more and more I see of it. The more I think, I don't know if I want to play this game, and I, I don't know. I don't know why. Like it looks great. I just I am struggling to get excited for it. But it's uh, it's it. it I so I am too, but I, I don't know if it's my just my complete superhero burnout and rejection to it, or if like there's something not right about it. Which I don't have any reason to say that the game looks great. Yeah, it looks phenomenal, I worry, dude. Why does Spider-Man have to be so much? Right, like everything is Spider-Verse now. Everything is like we're gonna pack as many villains into something as we can, and you know we give them like like. Well, I mean, this isn't new. I've always hated the gliding suits. I think the gliding suits are stupid for Spider-Man, but you know now we got like two Spider-Men in the same game and we're just he's got to pack it as much as, as possible I like I like more street level Spider-Man uh, stories like I thought I thought his like um, cartoon was super cool because it was just like a, a weekly like and sometimes you get two or three episodes but it was like a, it was like a weekly um, you know who are we fighting this week 
And I understand that like mm. you don't want you probably don't want a 50 hour game of just Spider-Man fighting Craven the Hunter over and over again. But I thought that there was a nice balance in the first one. And I feel like this one, they're just it just seems like it's too much. I, I, I like I like more personal Spider-Man stories, I think. I don't know. That's just the vibe I get. George, are you going to play Spider-Man 2? Yeah, of course. I think you guys are too. I don't know. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I probably will. You guys, you guys are absolutely right for feeling the way you're feeling. Like Seth, I completely agree that like I don't care for Spider vs. Spider Man. I just don't. Like that was actually like when I started to like tap out of the comics. To be honest, like Spider Island, Spider Verse, like all that shit. I'm like, no, I kind of like it a bit more simple. Yeah, I've since dude. come around on those stories, but like I'm also not gonna pretend to be excited when Peter's going multi-dimensional just because i'm like i just like i'm so fucking sick of this storytelling device like it's all it is now it's all yeah. spider-man is a spider-verse because the movie got popular and now that's all we do right the the the, the spider-verse comics were subpar or the, the first run it was either that i pretty much dropped out after the first run of spider-verse comics but i liked um spider island because it's like the, the whole vibe of like spider island in that era of dan slot's writing was like sure anyone can can wear the mask but there's only one spider-man there's only one peter parker and i really like that idea um you know that was the the whole like idea behind superior spider-man and mm-hmm. this then we immediately switched over to spider-verse it's like no no everybody's a spider-man and i'm like oh my god i can't take it um and then just i don't know man not not my thing not my thing at all not my thing either. I don't think of this as Spider Verse though. Like I think this story does a really good job of. Oh no, that was just an example. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, I think this does a good job of containing it. Also, like that besides Grant that I was using. Yeah. Besides Grant Theft Auto Five too, I don't think we've seen like this mechanic used very often about just like jumping back and forth between characters. Yeah. Right. Like, is that 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 wasn't what you did in Ratchet and Clank on PlayStation no. Five, right? Like you couldn't switch between Ratchet and no. Yeah. And it does one. look seamless. I mean, it, it looks really good the way it's yeah. Ratchet and portrayed. Wrench. That's what her name should have been. No. Was that her name? <laughs> no. Wrench? Ratchet and Screwdriver. I don't know. <laughs> I forget what her name was. Um, <clears throat> oh, God. I don't remember. Like the, like the character, though. Um, Great game. But no, I'm, I'm going to grab that date. Like, actually, I'm not going to grab that date. It comes out on a Friday. And that's the, the Friday. I'm going to be in Las Vegas that weekend. So I will not be grabbing it then. But I'll, I'll grab it when I come back. I'll probably I still really, get it before the end of the year. I'm watching this trailer and I really think that Venom's going to be Peter Parker. That's my prediction. He's going to be Peter Parker. Yeah. It's possible. So Peter Parker's going to get 18 inches of Venom. Not Harry? Or weren't they setting up Harry and... <laughs> The first they were. Well, they, there was like a there was like a small cutscene for it, um, but I think I think it makes sense. Anyway, so I just I want to take a little victory lap on Foam Stars. I remember you guys making That's fun fine. of that during uh, dude. It looks during good. summer Games Fest, and that game actually game looks good and actually yeah. has like really high like like really favorable previews. Yeah. So, I, I was shocked. I, I will take a victory lap on that. I was shocked by those previews, but legitimately, like seeing this gameplay, it 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 looks a lot better than it did, and I I, I think it's because they showed more extended 
gameplay this time around, but it does legitimately look pretty fun. It just looks like another kind of Splatoon, so which I don't think is a bad yeah. thing. Let a Splatoon were in HD. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. yeah. I just can't believe Square Enix is taking the risk on this. Oh, it's, it's going to flop. Dude, what is going on at Square Enix? <laughs> I don't understand what they're doing. Hey, this isn't your bread and butter. Stop it. Speaking of bread and butter at Square Enix, they showed off a new trailer. This was the finale for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, the sequel to the Final Fantasy VII Remake. And Seth, I know you have not watched this trailer. Um, I did, but I haven't played the remake. And it looks it looks good, but it's just it's um, it's hard for me to talk about it because I, I don't have a, a major history with the, the Final Fantasy VII games. I don't either. Can I ask a question, Austin? Yep. Why? And Seth, I'm sorry if this is a spoiler. But like, why is who's the guy? What's the guy's name? Buster Sword Guy. What's his name? Cloud. Cloud Strife. Cloud. Why is he on a Segway? <laughs> what? Did you see that one clip of him like uh, down by the waterfront Seth riding it, a Segway? Seth hasn't seen the trailer. I guess that's a spoiler. Um, what? I, I, I that, can we just say it? Can we just say it? He was right. There's a scene in the trailer, Seth, where Cloud rides a Segway, and I'm not joking. Like oh an actual Segway. No, he like looks like he's like down at like Miami Beach. Yeah, and he's like at the waterfront, and he's just oh oh wait, even wearing a different outfit, he's wearing fucking board shorts and a polo. Yeah, just, wait wait, just riding a Segway. No. That might actually make sense. He was uh, no, it doesn't. Wait. Don't pretend it makes. sense. He was policing no, the beach. That was a sense. police segue. Mall cop. It's co- uh, it's it's uh. So there's there's a town in Final Fantasy VII called Costa del Sol. It's where people go to vacation. Um, it's probably just a goofy little thing they added in the game. Oh, yeah. But. I can't say anything without spoiling Final Fantasy VII. I, I can't. That might right. um, be something different. Interesting now. I was, just, I was just trying yeah. to be a jackass. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It might. It, it actually. It actually might make sense. There's a scene in another game that that might make that make sense. Austin, also, Seth, I just, vote. I, sorry, no. I, I vote we skip to skip the Xbox shit and talk about that next week that's fine because we're going a little long and i want i want to hear seth riff on final fantasy 7 for a bit what uh no, no I, don't, I don't really have anything to say about Fantasy 7 but you skipped over the tales of the rise beyond the dawn oh uh, shoot you're right you're right um and it looks so good dude tales of the rise is so good man i love this game i'm so glad it's getting supported a little more and oh. and it's the best rated tales game of all time did you guys know that phenomenal no so good i'm gonna be honest i don't know that i ever really saw much gameplay for arise so when this came on i was like what the hell is this this looks so good and the more i started to see i started to think like is this a a sequel to tales of arise and so Mm -hmm. it's cool to see that it's dlc because that game's been out for like two years now at this point right yes yes it has and it's so good man i've like tales of arise checks so many boxes that like people would love if you like really good action combat it's there if you like a really like cool um modern story it's got it you know there's there's a really cool like class separation story going on there um 
It's got all the RPG not RPGness of of the old Tales games. It's so good, dude. I recommend Tales of Arise to everybody. I um yeah, if you like really really slow three hour openings to games, it's got that for you too. What do you uh, mean? That's every JRPG of opening. all time, George. <laughs> oh my god, it it starts off right off at a bang, dude. Where you're saving, this you're is, saving this is where you call this. This is where you call me a snowflake and a soft ass. Yeah, you do it, baby bitch. Feckless fuck. I'm just that seemed really mean. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I couldn't even I couldn't handle that. I bet you didn't even play all 15 trails of games, George. How dare you? Yeah. No. Am- amateur hour over here. Yeah. Uh, back to uh can we can we jump back to Final Fantasy for a second? Yes. Oh yeah, sorry, go ahead, buddy. Alright, so this is part two of the remake, right? Yeah. Okay, what was Intrigrade? Was that the thing that, that came out DLC. last year? That was DLC. Okay. Yep. And then there was the remake to Crisis Core. Yes. Yes. Which was a pre which was a prequel to seven? Yes. Yes. Do do you guys think they might be biting off a little more they can chew with this iteration and they should they should maybe focus on one thing at a time? Or do you um, think they're nailing it all so far? This what, is, do you, what do you mean no, one thing no at a re- time? Like it's been the, the it's been three years since part one, right? Yeah. Wasn't that wasn't that a twenty twenty game? Yeah, it was like three almost almost like yeah, like three and a half years since part one came out. Okay, and then this is coming out in when February spring, right? Or like late winter? February, okay. This is a 2024 game, so it's going to be four years since mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Is how how many people work at Square that they're able to to do all this? Because they had this, they had Final Fantasy 16. Like, do you wish they would just kind of like focus on one thing and then finish a project and move on? Is that I don't care. Well, I don't give a shit about Final Fantasy 7. But from the, the outside, the mo- it just seems like confusing. the more amazing thing. If I you know may like kind of twist your question a little bit is that these games come out and so much absolute trash comes out from Square Enix at the same time. And it's that that they're, they are able to nail some of these experiences. Like, if we... Like, dude. Square Enix Games 2022. Okay. In 2022, they released Valkyrie Elysium, Triangle Strategy, The Diafield Chronicle, and... um, What was it? Uh, Crisis Core Final Fantasy all in live alive I think all within like two months of each other and they they all cannibalize like Square Enix is just known for making absolutely terrible terrible decisions and it's it's like completely baffling so in so I'm just gonna list list you the fall games of Square Enix last year. Voice of Cards, Various Daylife, The Diofield Chronicle, Valkyrie Elysium, Star Ocean, Harvest Stella, Tactics Ogre Reborn, Dragon Quest Treasures. Oh, and then okay, so Crisis Core was technically a December game. So the only one, in my opinion, that's like a standout is Crisis Core, right? Diofield Chronicle. And Valkyrie Elysium came out within a week of each other, and they are the same audience. They cannibalized each other. Star Ocean came out a month later, 
and Harvestella came out a few days after Star Ocean. Dude, it, it, I guess what, what I'm getting at is like, I think that we would be able to get a lot more good good stuff from Square Enix if they reorganized their company into something that made good games consistently instead of crap and, and didn't just push out like all these these weird little games. It's worth noting that Final Fantasy VII Remake only took so long because they had to completely restart the development of it. And that is a good point. I think I think Rebirth is going to come out and it's going to be really good. Square Enix can make and has consistently made really good games. They just make terrible decisions and terrible decisions that goes all the way apparently to the top with their with their management. And it's it's never made sense. I don't think they're biting off too much they can chew with Rebirth because I, they've given me no reason to think Rebirth is going to be anything other than great, honestly. And okay. and remake was amazing, and sixteen was amazing, and Crisis Core. Crisis Core is a little different, right? Because it was, it was like halfway between an upgrade and a remake. But it there was like great. some stuff remade, and yeah, it does. But Crisis Core also scaled up really well. Um, I remember emulating it on my phone and like cranking the settings all the way up as far as possible, and it looked really good back then. But there was some stuff remade for crisis core, including the voices, which was a really weird thing. What's more interesting is the timeline of final fantasy seven, I think, and how crisis core fits into that because very different now. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you, Seth and George, I think you're fine. Um, or you're right to let's, let's save on the, um, Microsoft discussion until next week. Cause I think that's, there's just so much to dive into there. Um, and with how, how much we're already running here, it, it probably wouldn't do it justice, but, um, Seth, I wanted to ask you, are you worried at all about the hypothetical Tetsuya Nomura ization of final fantasy seven in any way with <laughs> it's already over, man. Like it's yeah. happened. It's done. you know, um, <laughs> I am worried about it because me and Pedro have long, you know, stated that like Namor is a madman and he needs to be stopped at all costs. Um, long time but, Kingdom Hearts director for those that are unaware. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, dude, it's hard to tell because he has this bad habit of just putting away too much into his stories. That doesn't make any sense at all. Like he ruined the Kingdom Hearts story. Like it's over. He, you, you can't come back from that ending, I don't think. So, I don't know. He's the reason Kingdom Hearts 3 came out a decade and a half after 2. Yeah. Or whatever it was. So, I do yeah, worry about that. I know, it's like, it's a hard conversation to dance around to um, if you haven't played the Final Fantasy 7 remake. But, um, I don't know, part of me is like, as somebody who never played much of 7, I probably got a good 20, 30 hours into it at most. Part of me is, and maybe this is just a personal problem of not having enough time, but I feel like I'm I'm having a hard time keeping up with everything that I appear to need to keep up with to play and continue playing the the remakes um, or or uh, rebirth rather, because um, at this point, really to understand that game, you had to have played original Final Fantasy VII, the remake, and Crisis Core at a minimum. So. That's frankly my biggest drawback right now. And the main reason I haven't ventured too far down that is because it just seems like there's so much you've got to dig into. And and again, it's a personal problem. I mean, I could have played 
original Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core years ago at this point, but I did not. So I don't think I don't think actually you need to play Crisis Core. Um, I mean Rebirth might prove me wrong, right? But Crisis Core just takes what Final Fantasy set up, Final Seven set up, and expands upon it. It's like okay, this is how these characters were, you know, a couple of years before the events of Final Fantasy Seven. Um, as long as you beat Final Fantasy Seven, you should be able to roll right into a remake after that, just with the context you have. Now, I recommend everyone play play Crisis Core because it's a sweet game, but it is interesting the way they're doing it because it's not actually a remake. Yeah. So, yeah. have you played any of the Final Fantasy Seven stuff, George? I played the demo. The demo is <clears throat> I just like didn't understand the combat system, so I didn't have like a great time. Mm-hmm. I played the the original first level, and then I just got too lost. Like just going back in time, I, I think I played it twelve years after it came out, fifteen years after it came out, something like that. So I I personally just like moved on in terms of just like that part of my brain remembering how to play that type mm-hmm. of game. Um, I'm incredibly interested, especially after Final Fantasy sixteen. I do want to check them all out. Austin, you actually bought like a Holy Grail game for me. You bought like the Pixel Remaster on Switch, like the is that uh, Asia import. Yeah, yeah, I've played Asia, and dude, first off, can I just say why is that game rare? Why did they not just release that game on the shelves? It, it's absurd that they made that limited physical. But agreed. Yeah, part of me was like, I mean, I don't know. I want to dive into seven, but um. I don't know. I want to play four, five, and six. Like I, I really want to go back to the older games and play those. There's something about those that look very alluring to me for some reason. So I'm looking forward to getting that and uh, diving into those. Uh, I'll probably start with four. Uh, dive into that on our trip next month. Mm-hmm. So, but um, yeah. Anything else anybody wants to add? I'd say just on a broad scale because we haven't talked about it. The um, State of play, I thought was fine. I I really didn't think there was a whole lot here that really stuck out to me, but there were some good good things here. Um, nothing nothing major though, in my opinion. I was personally pissed at how it started with like that joke game where Dude. it's like the guy like it, it looks almost like a like a physics based uh, what's the fucking game where you're walking and you're Daryl Dixon from Walking Dead. Yeah, it it just looked like what if this was funny. And, um, man, I didn't love that. Like, that horrible was, start. I think, like, a, te- a tenth of the entire video was like three and a half minutes. And it was just him falling down and saying shit. And it's like, that's, dude, it's not, that's not what I'm looking for, my guys. I didn't even bring it up because I figured none of us wanted to talk about that. And, yeah, I mean, absolutely horrible start to that, that showcase because. I mean, who knows? Maybe the game's fun, but just visually, that that game does not present itself well in a in a in a showcase in a three minute segment. I mean, that was just a, a very painful three minutes. So, um, didn't love it. Yeah. No, not at all. Seth, do you have anything you want to add? I didn't. I didn't watch that because I didn't. I didn't watch the um, like whole press conference. I just watched the trailers and stuff on YouTube. Like you know, like, yeah. that's kind of how I did do it nowadays because. I got burned on these state of plays so often that I'm like, all right, well, I'll just see if anything interesting was announced. Yep. And then, oh, you know, rightfully so. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, with that, 
uh, we'll wrap it up there for the week. And yeah, we'll certainly talk about the Microsoft um, stuff next next episode. So a uh, huge leak there and definitely go um, catch up with with everything that, that happened there after listening to the show. If you're unaware, I'm sure we'll have probably some more developments on that over the next week that we'll be able to kind of loop in. But uh, yeah, for now, uh, don't forget, you can find the show on uh, pretty much any social media platform at Pod. I am on Twitter at Austin J. Eller. George is at Shortbox Summary. And then Seth is at Seth the 90s Kid. And um, don't forget, you can find us on YouTube. If you're listening to our audio version, our YouTube channel, you can find by just typing in on your browser bit.ly slash frameskip live. So that's bit.ly slash frameskip live, or you can just search for frameskip podcast on YouTube and we'll come up. So go check us out there. We live stream our show every week as we record. And next week, we'll be here on uh, Wednesday which will be the 27th of September at 8 p.m. So uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. So check us out at that time, and I'm sure we'll have some fun stuff to talk about. So until then, see you next week.